Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey guys, how are you doing? It's Jacqueline here. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about purging, why it's actually not so great. And I know that sounds super obvious. You're like, duh, Jacqueline, I know purging is not helpful, but I'm going to go over not just like the health impacts of purging. I think that's important. And sometimes people don't know exactly how it's damaging, why it's harmful, but also some of the reasons purging actually keeps you in the loop of binging and why it's never really worth it. But first, I always like to give a little life update about me, what's going on. And I'm also going to read a review. If you just want to get skipped straight to the purging, skip ahead like two, three or four minutes. Um, and I should be talking by then about purging. Hopefully. I just wanted to read this review that one of my clients um, actually wrote on my podcast, which I thought was so sweet of her to do. So kind. Um, A few of my clients have written reviews and uh, I just, I don't know, I thought she covered everything and it just was so humbled by it. So I wanted to read that and thank her. The review is titled life-changing and it said, Jacqueline quite literally changed my life. I struggled with disordered eating for many years, trying to get better through a variety of approaches of approaches conventional therapy, self-help books, white knuckling, eating plans, nothing worked, worked in the shame and self-loathing. I felt just multiplied. I stumbled upon Jacqueline's podcast and immediately knew it was different and she was different. She offers practical, actionable tips for facing eating disorders or disordered eating. She doesn't demonize or dramatize behavior. She removes all elements of shame and victimization and helps me quickly understand that I actually have the power to change my behavior. I am in control always am and always have been. This was groundbreaking for me. She does all this while sharing her own very relatable journey and talking to you like a friend. I ended up pursuing one-on-one coaching sessions with Jacqueline, but even this podcast alone was very transformative for me. I very much recommend it. So I just thought that was sweet and it was kind for me to hear because um, I liked hearing it because I'm so glad that she said I took away shame and victimization because a lot of people, sometimes when they hear me say choice or responsibility, they then take that as a means to beat themselves up um, or that I am blaming them for their eating disorder. And that's certainly not the case. Something that changed for this client and what has changed for me in my own life and where I see the most transformation for anyone is when they take on the full belief and responsibility that I can make different choices and that I do have the power to change this. And I can look to my coaches as a guide. I can get therapy for help. And that is all important, but I get to choose to do that. And ultimately it's got to be me using all the resources I have available that changes that. So I love that she highlighted that and that she said, you know, big component was that I had the control, which I love. And I love when I see people make that shift, it changes things. So um, thank you for writing that review. If you out there listening, if you enjoy the podcast, 
please um, rate it, give it a review. I'd greatly appreciate it as it gets this podcast seen more and helps people determine if it's the right podcast for them. Also, as you guys know, I am fully booked for coaching till the 18th of July. I will likely have spots open up then as well as a new group coaching program. My current one that's running right now is booked, but I will likely be opening another one August 1st. If you would like to be added to the wait list for that, you can check the link in the description box below of the podcast and it should be there. Uh, applications will likely open up uh, mid-July. So stay tuned for that. And then for me, what's going on? I definitely learned a little lesson this month. I did a lot this month and I'm proud of all the things that I got done, but truth be told, I overbooked myself. I tell my clients all the time, take time for yourself. Last weekend though, I did nothing, but I mean, I chilled out a little bit, of course, but I worked the whole weekend. I did a lot of things, catching up on work, didn't take much time for myself. And it's because uh, in the beginning of the month, I took on a whole bunch of new challenges. It was great for me. It was a time of growth for me, but this month I really want to settle into focusing on my clients, uh, the podcast, and also just learning, learning, filling my head with the precision nutrition certification and um, all the other resources, reading studies, that sort of stuff. I just need to learn more. And I think that's going to help everyone. So that's my focus. And also just self-care, not working again on weekends, reeling that back in. I don't want to get in the habit of that. And in honor of that, this weekend, I'm just going to completely drop off social media, probably sign off on Friday and not get back on till Monday morning. And uh, that, you know, it sounds like a short amount of time. Oh, you're going to get off social media for two days. But really, when you're working and your business is on social media, if you imagine what it's like to just be connected to it from a personal aspect, like, you know, using it as your uh, downtime it also has an extra component when it's your business and you check it to see what's going on, your insights. It can become really addicting. So I just want to take a full step back from it. And um, I think it's important for my mental health. So that's what I'm going to do. I highly recommend if you guys are stressing out about social media, doing the same. What's the harm? But today, um, I'll probably talk more also in another podcast of what I learned about all the confessions that I post. I did do a lot of growing from that, as painful as it was, as much as I hated it half the time. Um, so I'll probably, I'll probably make a podcast episode dedicated to that. But today, we're talking about purging. And I know a lot of you guys listening out there know purging is not helpful. And when I refer to purging, I'm mainly referring to self-induced vomiting. However, um, there are other ways to purge and I'm aware of that. Not all of these will apply, but the general principles when it comes to how purging affects your behavior and keeps you in the loop of binging and purging, that still applies. So if you are someone who exercises for, um, for uh, purging or you restrict food for purging, this can still apply to you in a lot of ways. And I just want you to keep that in mind moving forward. I know that you're out there. I know that you listen, um, but this is mainly about self-induced vomiting, but some of the mindset things I'm going to mention definitely apply. And so for, first of all, I'd like to start out with saying like, I made a post to speak about why purging is never worth it unless you've been poisoned. And I seem to have, it becomes a phrase for me. For me, I made a post a while back about my abstinence list of behaviors and the fact that you can't be abstinent from food in recovery, but you can be abstinent from certain behaviors. And one of those is purging. For me, I know, I first of all have this really firm belief that if I ever purposefully purge, right, um, for any other reasons other, other than being poisoned, um, to compensate for food in any sort of way, I am going to go back to bulimia. It just, 
and I had had times in my recovery or, you know, when I was in bulimia before where I had stints where I didn't binge and purge, but the second I started purging, it really just quickly reinforced the cycle. And I couldn't see it then at the time, but I know that when I purge, it just makes way for bulimia to come back. And I'll talk about that more, but for me, I know in my core, I believe it's my bones. No one can argue. I mean, people could argue with me why that's not true, but I know for me personally, it's just something that's like having a drop of alcohol as an alcoholic. I can never, ever do that and let it just be an isolated incident. That being said, something I'm really serious about too, is that I still get urges to purge um, at least once a month, if not more. I actually had an event um, about two or three weeks ago now. I don't remember um, that I was like, it's PMS week. I always crave chocolate during that week. And we got like, if I'm really craving something, I just, I just go and get the real thing. I used to always make like supplements and little protein puddings, but that just never really satisfied me. So when I'm actually craving something, I eat pretty, pretty like relatively clean, if you will, which is kind of a dirty term, but you know what I mean? I eat pretty whole foods, foods that make me feel good. And I enjoy but if I want a treat, I'm just going to get the real thing. And so we ordered like a couple slices of different decadent pies from our favorite bake shop here. And one was this chocolate pie and I had way more of it than I needed. And I also had it combined with a little bit of alcohol. And it was something about the alcohol and eating too much pie that I felt like for some reason it wasn't fully going down my throat. <laughs> and and when I was, I felt like it was still up there and it made me, which again, can sometimes be a symptom of purging is that you, your, um, your reflex and your esophagus doesn't work quite the way it should. And so food can sometimes get stuck there. And so it was such an intense urge to purge, which I haven't felt in a long time. And probably cause I was drinking alcohol as well, which, you know, I'm human that happens, but I was like, wow, this is awful. I feel terrible. This feels like I might accidentally throw up anyway. Why don't I just do it? Right. But when those thoughts come up now, I'm really firm in the belief that I could never do that again. Even if I have the desire to do so, I don't ever make it a big deal. I don't make it mean, oh my God, am I not recovered? I just make it mean that's a natural reflex habit that my brain has not let go of. And it's because it makes me feel physically ill. That's the main usually driver for me wanting to purge. But I know if I ever, ever do that, that it's, it's letting bulimia back into my life. And, um, I, you know, of course I just let it, I sat with that discomfort. It was really uncomfortable and eventually went down and it was totally fine, but it was not fun. But anyway, let's talk about, you know, what I mean by that and why that's so important. So first thing that purging does, right, is that it makes, and this is the most maybe important thing that problem with purging is outside of health effects are the fact that it makes way for binging. It gives you an excuse to binge. It's a solution to the binging. Um, what I mean by this is if you know you can purge, then you know you can binge. And I, a lot of people have fallen into bulimia because of this, because they think, oh, purging, it's an easy way to get away with binging and no repercussions. Yeah, maybe there's some health effects, but they're not that bad. I can be smart about it. It's totally fine. It's an easy out. What they don't realize is that binging is such a chaotic, addictive behavior that doesn't really, it like controls your whole life. You think it's just going to be one isolated incident. All of a sudden you're like, 
spending $50 to $100 on binge food every day. And then um, all you can think about is binging, but you know, you can purge. So it's totally fine. Right. And all you think about is food and when you can get your next fix and you can't really eat normally at, at meals anyway, because you have no definition of self-control anymore because you can just purge who cares. Right. It opens the Pandora's box. Really? That's what purging does. It's it's your get out of free jail card, but it comes with a really hefty price. And it comes with the price of making a solution for binging, making binging a lot easier, even though it's actually not that easy. Um, and it just makes it okay. And really binging isn't okay. So it's not necessarily the purging that's the problem. It's really that it leaves room for tons and tons of binging. And really this happens with compensation in general. When you compensate, it really leaves you for this over-desire for that thing. It kind of is like letting the pendulum swing from one end to the other instead of being completely neutral. Sometimes when you overcompensate, like you know you're going to purge later, you will purposefully overeat. So, you know, because why not? If you're going to purge, you might as well get in all of it. I had a client who was like really into walking and extra walking and compensating for any extra calories. And she made a firm decision of, no, I'm not going to compensate with walking this week for just whatever we eat. It's fine. And actually she found that her desire to eat went down because she wasn't compensating with walking as much because her body didn't actually need as much energy to do that. And because she knew that she could not compensate, she actually didn't just, she just didn't do the the deed in the first place. Right. And it took away the desire to do it afterwards and before. So I guess hopefully this gets the main concrete purpose down. And if you don't remember anything else from this, this podcast, it's that purging really makes way for binging and makes room for binging, therefore bulimia in your life. And it makes it easier to binge in one way, but really not because the price you're paying is your sanity, your hunger and satiety cues, your um, mental health, really you're, you're paying the price right there with purging, but really it's a much larger price. A lot of people always kind of thought, um, I remember Catherine Hansen's book. I know she didn't mean it, but she, I mean, she, she didn't mean it the way a lot of people took it, but her form of compensation was, um, exercise. Right. And she always said like, I wish I could have just been able to throw it up at that moment because it would have been easier. And to some degree she is right. However, then she adds on that, you know, I'm glad that it didn't because I felt like if I had been able to do that, then I probably wouldn't be writing this book. That's not an exact quote. She said something along those lines. So fact check me on that if you will, but she's right. The fact is it is easier in the moment to purge. However, again, you're making it easy to have this leech of a thing in your life. You're making room for it with the purging. It's a lot easier to keep on going with it. It's really not worth it. You're paying, you're paying such a long-term price for such a short-term fix. Um, I would imagine that exercise compensation is a lot more exhausting. Um, same with restriction com- com- uh, compensation. It's a lot more exhausting in long-term and you might be driven because of the discomfort to find a solution sooner. Purging um, through self-induced vomiting, while it has its own awful things on the side of it, it's by no means an easy solution. It maybe can seem easier and quicker in the moment. However, let's go over the next one. I think I've harped on that thing um, enough. It kind of, like I said before, it creates an excuse to binge more because why not? You can just purge. Uh, It again, makes maybe makes it more enticing. Another thing that it really Fs with is your hunger and satiety signals. 
Firstly, just because if you purge, you start to overeat because why not? You're going to purge. So you start be getting used to the habit and, um, the, you just get used to the feeling of overeating like crazy, of binging, right? And so when then when it comes time to eat a normal meal and say you can't purge, it's really hard to just eat a normal portion like everyone else because you're used to eating nothing or everything. If you were like me, I know some people listen and that's not the case, but if you were like me, I just couldn't, once I started purging, I was couldn't control myself around normal meals. I would just eat everything on the plate. And if I couldn't purge, I was shit out of luck, right? It just... I couldn't understand like, how do I not eat to the point of being uncomfortably full, or I might as well just not eat at all. And it really messed me up. Plus it messes up your stomach chemistry, your gut biome, your gut microbiome, um, your satiety cues. It makes your intestines move slower. Uh, you're overproducing stomach acid, all these crazy things in there that really mess with your body signals of, am I hungry? Am I satiated? Do I need food? Do I not? I always remembered what was so frustrating about binging and purging was I would binge and then I would purge. Sometimes I wouldn't be hungry, but a lot of times I would be hungry like an hour later. And I was like, what the hell? Because of course I had eaten a bunch of food, stretched out my stomach and then threw it up. I didn't eat enough food to begin with. And then, um, I was still hungry, right? That doesn't just get rid of it. It doesn't, you still are hungry. You still need food. And it just, now your stomach stretched out. It's even more room for food. It just creates this whole ridiculous scenario. It doesn't actually solve the problem and it makes it worse. It's kind of like you're just putting salt in the wound over and over and over again. Um, and I actually listed some resources there. You're going to be able to find them in the description below, but I wanted to read off just a whole list of like health effects for from purging really quickly in case you weren't aware. This list of um, health uh Health side effects from self-induced vomiting comes from Cornell Health. Um, you can go to health.cornell.edu and uh, the link I'm using, oh, that's way too long of a link. I'll just put it in. <laughs> I'll just put it in the description, but I bet you could look up health.cornell.edu slash like, or, you know, with self-induced vomiting in Google and it will bring it up. But they said like the most common things that can happen, uh, I think there are more than these, but they listed out the most common things. One's electrolyte abnormalities, which of course a lot of us know that, but this can lead to sudden death, um, specifically if you can have low blood potassium levels, which can cause fatigue, weakness, and abnormal heartbeats or heart arrest, right? A heart attack. So that's a common thing. Uh, and it really can happen. And a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, you have to be uh, really underweight to be really sick and have these things happen. That's not true. You can have, uh, definitely have some sort of uh, issue going on and have a heart attack from self-induced vomiting. Um, tooth decay. This is a huge thing that people don't talk about. I've had so many people reach out to me that have said, you know, I, my teeth are falling out. It's awful. I'm so self-conscious about my smile. Tooth decay is a real thing. It's because the stomach acid wears down the enamel. I definitely didn't get a bad amount of this though. I think my tooth, my enamel is probably a little bit worse than it should be. Uh, and more prone to cavities. It seems also, I don't know if this is directly related to bulimia, but my tongue is very sensitive to a lot of things and has fissures in it. And that could be somewhat related. Um, there's acid reflux in the esophagus, which is what I was talking about. That's what I was experiencing. Um, that night I was drinking alcohol and, uh, that brownie pie. I, that's not because I was vomiting. Like I haven't vom self-induced vomit in years and years, but still this can happen. It happens a lot more frequently with, um, if you have been vomiting because vomiting brings acid 
Into the esophagus where it causes heartburn in the short run and irreversible damage in the long run. Stomach acid in the esophagus increases the risk of esophageal, esophageal cancer. And that's a lot of things people don't understand. It's not just the stomach, it is the esophagus and the mouth. You're at more risk for cancer. Um, and then par parotid, I think I'm mispronouncing that, apologies, uh, gland enlargements. Um, these salivary glands found on both sides at the angle of the jaw can become enlarged and sometimes painful with stimulated, when stimulated by the acid and vomit. That's why you get like the chick monk cheeks that everyone talks about with self-induced vomiting. And I definitely noticed this in my face. I didn't get it as bad, although I have heard there can be extreme cases where they just get super large, but I definitely had a puffiness in my face. You could tell, at least I could tell in pictures when I had been vomiting really frequently. And, um, it's really sucks. It really sucks to see your face like that. It's just not normal, right? It, you know, it looks different. And that took my face definitely reduced in puffiness. It's a lot more streamlined than it used to be though. I don't have like the most chiseled jaw in the world ever, but that's another thing. Constipation and bloating, definitely. Uh, vomiting causes intestines to move sluggishly. Stopping vomiting usually reverses the condition, but it takes time. That's another huge one. And that's why I was saying purging really Fs up your hunger and satiety cues and your whole digestive tract in general. I think digestion, bloating, gassiness, um, di uh, constipation, diarrhea, that's a huge thing people don't talk about in recovery. It really messes things up and it can take a while to get back to it. I think my digestion didn't get back to full normal, um, normal function the way it used to be when I was a kid till a year later. And it felt like I couldn't, there was a point in my bulimia where I felt like I couldn't go to work for more than a few hours without being in excruciating pain from the digestion. It was just awful. I, I was taking so many pills to help with like gassiness and other things and like mitigate the symptoms as much as possible, just so I could work. And I thought that was normal. Right. And it's not, um, having better digestion. Another thing is like sore throat, hoarse voice. That's obviously something involuntary vomiting, the muscle that normally prevents us from vomiting, the gastroesophageal sphincter becomes loosened by repeated, um, repeated vomiting. I believe this is called GERD. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, cause I remember reading about this, but, uh, eventually some people cannot stop themselves from vomiting and may vomit when burping. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's called GERD, but yeah, you can just accidentally vomit all the time. Um, which is awful. And at least at the very least the vomit comes back up without control because your sphincter is loosened and can just open up. Usually your body is able to have that closed, um, tearing of the esophagus. And this can obviously be life-threatening because you are bleeding, uh, internally. So, definitely requires medical surgery. So that's a whole list of the health concepts or the health side effects of self-induced vomiting. Um, and when it comes to exercise, obviously I'm not reading out a list of exercise, but it can definitely create, um, you can have strains, you can have, uh, like if you're running all the time, like shin sprints, a lot more, um, increased risk of injury because you are completely overdoing exercise on your body. And it's actually probably increasing stress quite a lot on your body, which isn't helpful either for any systems or functionings. Um, that is just, it's gotta be awful. And of course you're creating that compensation cycle. Uh, same with restriction while it maybe isn't putting a lot of physical stress on your body though it is because you're constantly in the state of like starvation and then binging. I would say maybe restriction can be sometimes worse because you're constantly like, I restrict, restrict, then binge. They restrict, restrict, then binge, right? It's like the only way you're going to get your calories in your body thinks is by binging. It creates such a vicious cycle. And then also outside of that, um, 
they didn't mention this, but it does obviously affect your gut health. And I don't, I can't reiterate this enough, how closely related your mental health is with gut health. It's not everything. And I think I don't want to oversimplify anything. I'm not a doctor, obviously, but there is so many studies to to suggest that, you know, if your gut is off, your mental health is off and what you're eating is going to affect how you're thinking and your cognitive function, all that sort of stuff. And if your gut microbiome is off, um, that can have issues too. So this really can F with your mental health, depression, all that sort of stuff, um, more than you think it is. Uh, so purging is not only a physical thing, but it's also affecting your mental health, not just from you feeling guilty and disgusting afterwards and feeling worn out and tired, but it also is affecting how you're thinking and maybe a level that you can't even comprehend and you don't recognize it. Kind of like if you're PMSing and you're really moody, you don't necessarily recognize it till after if you're not tracking it. Um, aside from that, purging just makes you feel terrible, right? Just wipes you out. And this is, I think, why it can be kind of addictive. I never was someone who liked purging. I personally absolutely hated purging. It was the worst part about bulimia. Um, but it just was so awful wrenching my body like that. And I remember afterwards, sometimes my eyes would be bloodshot. I, my throat would be raw. I would feel so like someone had just zapped energy completely out of me. I think that could be addictive to people because it at least gets the energy and the anxiousness and whatever, whatever they were feeling, it feels like they are now reset and clean and done and they can move on. That's why a lot of people like purging this because it's like a reset, even though it's not really, it's just further ingraining the cycle that people get roped up into things, which is what we'll talk about later. However, for me, I just hated it. And, um, I always dreaded it. I always knew it was coming and didn't want to do it. Um, but I felt like I had to, but I can definitely see why it's addicting because people think it's a reset. It feels like you have wiped the slate clean. It feels like you have released. Purging is a release. It is, is a literal release of something. And it does, it's like a physical activity in itself, which is sometimes what you need in the moment to de-stress, but people do it through purging. So it's a physically exhausting, exerting energy effort sort of thing. And that can really help with stress actually. So I can see why purging would be addictive to some people because you feel like you've gone through the process. You've gotten something out. You feel like you've completed some sort of cycle. Uh, It's so interesting when you look at purging and binging and purging through the lens of the habit, it's like, you know, you cue, you get a cue from whatever is going on in your environment. Then you, um, the trigger is to binge. And then actually the binge is a trigger for another purge. And it just completes the cycle all over again, over again, it keeps you in it. It really isn't worth it because you're just going to be purging or binging more and more and more and more. So you have to ask yourself, like, what do you want to spend time doing? Do you want to spend time not binging and purging at all? Or do you want to spend time making up for binges all of your life. You probably just want to stop the whole behavior in general. Um, purging, it really just makes you a whole world of trouble. It's just like letting a bad boy back into your life. You don't want to do it. It's not worth it. He, they might be fun. They may offer a little bit of a high, but it comes at a really hefty price, not just the health effects, And there's, here's the thing. Some people have lots of health effects from bulimia. A lot of people have health effects that don't even know are going on. Um, I probably do. I just not aware of them. They aren't severe enough that I was, um, keened into them, but it's still like, even if I didn't have any health effects, I still think that the mental torments and the addiction type behavior and how scatterbrained I was and how much I was just obsessed with food 
that was way worse and scarier than the health effects to me. Because the problem is people don't really seem to care. Like it's kind of like um, telling people, hey, you might die from this someday doesn't seem to um, stop people from doing bad habits. Sometimes it does, but it's more helpful to remember what you'll gain instead. So if you don't purge, yeah, you don't get to binge tons of stuff and that sort of thing, but you do gain mental clarity over time. You do gain, you learn how to control food without vomiting, which is such a gift. It's nice not to have to vomit. It's a horrible thing and a laborious thing. Um, you learn how to have actual think properly and not just think about food all the time and not be obsessed with binging and where you're going to vomit and all this other drama that comes with it. Here's some common excuses people use from purging for purging when they're in recovery and they're trying to stop it because they know at that point purging is not helpful, but they still have certain things that pushes them over the edge, like saying it will be better if I just purge, meaning that like my stomach's all messed up. I just want to reset. I just want like they'll say I can just reset and it will be fine after that. Don't do it. Just I'd rather you gain weight and um deal with the binge or whatever you ate than purge because it's just reinforcing the cycle of it's okay. No, we can just keep on doing this. There's not really a big deal. The purging keeps you in it. And I don't think people understand, like some people like binging, it affects a small portion of the day, but sometimes it, it escalates. And all of a sudden you're binging multiple times per day, binging and purging seven times a day, right? It escalates really, really quickly. So sure, you could purge just that one time, but you're really opening and inviting the door to let's binge and purge seven times per day and be uh, not super functional as an adult. Um, you could also, the common excuse also is, I don't want this to affect my dinner or I don't want this to affect my rest of my day. I just want, again, to reset, to you know wipe the slate clean, let's start over. You get to start over the second you decide to move on from that mistake. It's really like purging is just kind of, again, this get out of free jail card that is not actually a get out of free jail card. It's masked in disguise. disguise. It's like a genie, you know, making those wishes. It's going to give you something you didn't expect at all because you weren't, you weren't specific with it. And also a lot of normal people, what do they do when they have a large meal or something? Some people, I was talking about, about this with my client the other day. People totally binge. Normal people binge like on accident sometimes, like on Thanksgiving, or maybe they're having like a party with a lot of food and they're like, oh, I'm so full. I overate. They don't binge the way we do, way we do like rapid binging where all you're doing is focusing the food and like zoning out and using it as a drug-like thing. They just overate and binge because they're like, oh my God, the food's so good. It was so much fun. Haha. <laughs> they laugh it off but they don't purge. They never say like, oh, I have to, I have to get rid of this. They just accept the fact that they had more calories than they anticipated to. If they're even thinking about that, and then they go about their normal day and their body actually processes the influx of calories. You'd think like, oh my God, that's immediately like going to equal weight gain. But actually a lot of times when you have random large influxes of calories, your body processes it better than you think. Now, if you're consistently doing that over time, of course, but random influxes of higher calories, it's probably not going to cause that much damage as you think. A lot of people, we all think that our bodies are special, that they just can't handle it. But actually you might just find that you're not as hungry later, that you're actually able to process things and you just have a little bit more energy and more fidgety and you're really warm. But it's so much better to just do that and then return to a normal routine. That is how you reset, honestly. Like I know it's uncomfortable to deal with not purging. I know it's there's weight gain. I know that you're scared, but I promise you it's never worth it. And I'd rather you just reset 
by deciding not to purge and go on. And I promise you, it's going to be so much better for your recovery, so much more worth it. Purging, I promise is never worth it. Another thing is like, I ate too much. I'm going to gain weight. I just kind of covered that, but by what these things said to 2,600 calories, isn't going to make you gain tons of weight. If you jump on the scale, I'm sure you're going to weigh more because the food volume and the water weight and stuff like that, but that's not going to make you gain tons of weight consistently over time. Yeah. But if you're taking steps towards recovery, you will eventually figure it out and you won't continue to gain weight forever. If you're starting to take steps towards recovery. And that's maybe the last thing I'll touch on is the fact that the better way to control your weight and actually lose weight if you want is to have a better relationship with food, actually understand how to eat food for your hunger and satiety, know when to use it for enjoyment and actually trust your body and be in tune with your body. You're not going to be overeating as much. You're not going to be under eating as much. You're not going to be binging as much. Purging is not the answer for calorie compensation. Having a healthy relationship with food is the answer for a sustainable diet, um, for actually having control and not tons of weight gain. Uh, so again, I thought, I hope, I know this like episode was a little bit all over it, all over the place. And it was more of a factual episode, but I just want to make the important stance that purging is never really a good idea ever. I know sometimes your brain can get all these convoluted excuses as to why, I promise it's not. And I think the the better alternative is to just deal with the consequences, which is not what we want to hear, but the consequences of dealing with a binge, even if you gain five pounds of that binge, which I know that that would be absurd. If you did, by the way, that's crazy. Um, I highly doubt that's going to happen, but if you did, uh, actual weight, I mean, not what the scale says, the scale will be off, but actual poundage of fat from that, Uh, I think that far outweighs the consequences of keeping purging in your life because you're paying a really hefty price in the long run. You're making a deal with the devil really is what's happening. I I think when I say that it's, I almost think of like American horror story when uh, I forget he's the like voodoo, um, the voodoo ghost or whatever. Let me look him up. Yeah. If you, if any of you guys are American horror story fans out there, it's like, you're making a deal with Papa Legba, right? The voodoo um, gatekeeper of hell or the gatekeeper of the spirit world. It seems like a good idea. You know, he's offering you amazing things. It's like, Hey, you don't have to gain weight. It's not a big deal. You can wipe the state clean. It's, it's totally fine, but you're opening to a deal with the devil, right? And eventually he's going to take your soul into the underworld. That's what purging is, right? Seems like a good idea. It's really not. It's a terrible idea, I promise. Um, And I can say that now, you know, I'm further along in my recovery. I understand you guys are in it, but if there's one thing I wish I had learned in my recovery, there's multiple things I wish I knew in my recovery, but that's a big one that purging is never, ever the easy way out. Stop calling it that. Stop saying that. Know what you're stepping into when you're actually deciding to purge because it's really just a bandaid um, over a water dam that's leaking, right? It's, it's not going to work. And it's really just making that crack in the dam bigger and bigger. And eventually that water is just going to pour all the way out and there's going to be a flood and purging will not help you because the purging is just making it somehow better in the moment, but then you're just binging and purging all the time. And that is no life to live for anyone. So I hope this has maybe enlightened you and encouraged you to look at purging in a different light and maybe look at, you know, how purging is encouraging you to binge actually. And if you couldn't purge, how would you behave? If you actually didn't have the option to purge ever, 
what would you do differently? Would you be binging as much? Would you be overeating as much? Probably not. Maybe you would. That's another issue to deal with, but you probably wouldn't be binging as much. So definitely something to look into. All right. I will let you guys go. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, it's 4th of July for you Americans out there. So I hope you guys enjoy the weekend here in Miami. We're not having fireworks for the 4th of July because of the condo collapse that happened here in Miami, which is such an awful disaster. I just am still kind of shocked that that happened. Um, obviously, I was not affected by that, thank goodness, but it's just so terrible. You never know what could happen. And it's moments like that, too, where it's kind of like those people in that building were just going about their normal lives. And it's not, I don't like when people say, you know, life is a gift, like it could be taken away at any moment and use this kind of fear tactic of like, enjoy your life because it could go away in any second. However, I do think it's important those moments to sober you up and be like, yeah, if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, I would probably spend my life very differently than I am now. So making decisions on how to make every day a great day and understanding binging and purging is not a part of that great day would be really important to remember. So uh, that condo collapse just kind of reminded me of that, of right, disasters can happen. They can happen close to home. They can happen to me. Um, my life's important, which is also why I'm taking a detox from social media and taking a step back from everything. My business will be here. I'll be here. You guys will be here. Everyone's going to keep on rolling. If I slow down for a little bit, it's not a big deal. And there are more important things to life than just going, going, going all the time. I just, you know, want to enjoy life and you guys, I would advise the same. So Anyway, sobering end to the podcast, although this is a more sober episode in general. Also, if you're looking for more content from me, um, I was a guest on a podcast recently by um, Christina Jumper. She's the host of the Pickles and Vodka podcast where she shares her own mental health journey, her own struggle with bulimia, and she hosts a lot of other people on the podcast about mental health. That podcast is airing out on Monday, so you can look out for that. Her podcast is on Spotify and a lot of other places, I believe. So if you want to listen to me be interviewed and awkwardly laughing and stuff like that, then you can find that there. Anyway, this is enough for today. Um, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Maybe disconnect as well. Um, And never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course. 